Welcome to the Western New York Entrepreneur Podcast, helping Western New York entrepreneurs take the next step in their business. If you love Western New York and entrepreneurship, this is the podcast for you. Whether you have been in business for 20 years or 20 minutes, there is something for everyone. David Schaub interviews the top entrepreneurs in Western New York so you can take your next step in your own business. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Western Entrepreneur. Appreciate you joining as always. Uh, I have a really cool uh, announcement to make. Uh, first off, thank you to everybody that uh, RSCP'd and came to our Thanksgiving potluck dinner for members only. Appreciate you guys. Uh, each member uh, brought a side dish to come to uh, actually my house. And we did a dinner where everybody shared not only their food or do some recipe, um, but they also shared like, hey, what are we thankful for right now? Even the good, the bad, the ugly, the weird year and a half we've had with the pandemic. What are we thankful for? And we shared that. That's what we're about. We're about relationships, genuine connections, who you are first, what you do second. But as you know, it's the holiday season. We have Thanksgiving. Then we have the holidays. So Christmas or whatever you want, whatever holiday you celebrate. So we're doing our Western Entrepreneur holiday event on December 7th. That's a Tuesday and it's in the evening because it is a Tuesday. And here's the cool part. It's at the Spalding Lake Clubhouse in Clarence. How do they get that? For those that do or don't know, I run their neighborhood magazine. And with that comes some perks. So I got the, the clubhouse where we're going to do uh, food and drinks and fun and raffles and we're going to celebrate everything we've done the past year with the western entrepreneur and with you so if you love networking if you love building genuine connections if you want to see the spalding lake clubhouse and be in that really cool neighborhood and you want to celebrate the holidays come on down rcps are on our website they'll be coming very very soon so thank you for those who uh, continue to support that so anyways let's get to the real reason why we're here <laughs> so hey we have andrea so andrea and i met through i think andrea first of all andrea uh, thanks for coming thanks for being on the show i appreciate you thank you for having me so andrea how did we actually get connected i know we've talked before but i'm trying to think how did we actually get connected well you started stalking me on linkedin for all my okay. brilliant posts that i was shooting out into the community for business owners and entrepreneurs and you were liking them more and more often. And then my uh, PR person said, you know what? Maybe you should hook up with this guy and get on this podcast because it seems like the two of you have really good flow and good energy. So here I am. Thanks for having me. Yeah. And I love Andrea. We just, we just mash. You ever meet somebody before and you're like, we just connect. And we both <laughs> have a love or affinity for Sebastian Manixuelo, a comedian. So if you love that kind of humor, that, that humor, excuse me, you're going to, you're going to love Andrea. So Andrea, for those that don't know you, who don't stalk you on LinkedIn, um, <clears throat> tell us tell us your business. How'd you get into it? What's your story? What problems do you solve? Wow, well, those are some great questions. So I am an attorney, and I'm going to try to make that as high energy and as exciting as possible because I know some people use attorneys for wills and for buying home, and then only when they're in trouble. So attorneys kind of get a bad rap sometimes for that. But I am a business focused attorney. I'm not allowed to say that I specialize in it, but I do have an entire client base made up of businesses and business owners. So draw your own conclusions. Yeah. But I started my law firm really out of necessity. It's an interesting story, but I had a job at a law school. Actually, you know what? Back up, even more interesting. I was a nanny right after I graduated from law school while I was studying for the bar. So 
changing diapers and wiping snotty noses, just trying to pay my rent until I passed the bar exam. And then I got sworn in months later and I'm like, great, now that I'm an attorney, I'm gonna get all kinds of phone calls for jobs. Nope, <laughs> because lots of other kids are graduating law school and also passing the bar. So it is as cutthroat as it is on day one of law school to get a job after you graduate. And I said, oh dear God, what am I going to do to support myself and my family? And I moved out here on a whim to Buffalo, New York, um, based on my brother being in this area and having some family nearby and saying, you know, maybe I'll be able to latch on to this opportunity that I found working as a manager of a healthcare facility of all things. So I took this job at this place called Exigence that no one's ever heard of because it's an umbrella company. And day one, I was told, surprise, we've been publicly traded and you're going to the HR department. So I was in the HR department trying to get contracts done for all these physicians who were really ticked off that there was this young lady marching around with a bag full of contracts, waving them in their faces and saying, we've been acquired, you have to sign this contract to keep your job. Not, not really the bearer of good news in that situation, but I got through it and um, was able to prove myself over time to the CEO of that company and he gave me lots of opportunities and threw me in the deep end plenty of times to either sink or swim. Thank God I can swim. And when he decided to branch off and start his own new business, aside from the publicly traded corporation, he asked me if I would start a law firm and tag along. And I said, that's crazy. I'm in. Mm -hmm. So that's what I did. I started a law firm with one client and said, oh, my God, I hope this pays off. And I tell people that my, my job and my experience in that time frame, it was like the movie, The Devil Wears Prada. And if he's listening right now, um, I'll, I'll just say thank you. It was the experience yeah. of a lifetime. But also, I am very happy to be on the other side of it. It, it, was, a, it was a nightmare <laughs> and such an opportunity all at once. So yeah, that's so, where I started. So that, that, that's, that's crazy. So how long ago was that where you like just started it just to... to work with this guy 2015 so 2015 I started my law firm he was my only client and I would literally get a phone call that would be like Tarshis we're getting on a plane tomorrow pack your stuff and I'd be like okay and I'd yeah. have to run and pack a suitcase and then we would travel to somewhere cold but halfway through the trip he'd be like I don't like the cold anymore we're gonna change plans and go someplace warm and I'd be like but I have a suitcase full of very heavy clothing that's meant for cold environments now you're telling me we're flying from Colorado to Vegas instead all right so I'll squeeze in a trip to the mall and buy some clothing so that I don't sweat to death. Yeah. So it was, a, it was a lot of crazy stuff like that. Meetings with some very, very rich and famous and powerful people that I had like limited time to prepare for. And I'm shaking hands with all these people and going, I don't know why I'm at this table and I better figure it out real fast. So yeah. A lot of those conversations are how I really started building the business acumen that I have today. I didn't go to law school planning to become a business-focused attorney. I didn't get an MBA. I didn't even run a lemonade stand growing up. But here I am helping people start their businesses and form businesses because I've learned how to solve problems and how to make sure that I sound at all times like I have something of value to add to a conversation. Yeah, so obviously you've transitioned to, to more than just that one client because you're not hopping on a plane going from from warm to cold to warm to cold to warm to cold. Right. So so tell me tell me how that journey's been for the, the geez, I'm about to be seven years, 2022. Yeah. So, yeah, so, so so tell me about that journey. 
it's funny that you say hop on a plane, hop off a plane, because my last experience with that particular client was jumping out of a plane. We were in Hawaii for business. And I said, I've got to do something to like reset myself internally because this is a life of chaos. Mm -hmm. So I booked myself a 4 a.m. excursion to go skydiving and I jumped out of a plane and it was the most thrilling experience ever. And when I got back on the ground, I was like, that's it. I'm not doing this anymore. I'm going to go home and I'm going to find out a new plan for myself. And so I went home, that client and I parted ways, which was mutual. And we said, it's been a good run. And then I'm like, great. Now I have this law firm and a really cool logo I paid money for and zero clients. How am I going to get clients? So I swear to you, this is like, this is the story that almost every lawyer should hear because it's very humbling. But my first client paid me in drinks at a bar and they picked up my bar tab for free. So that was my first payment. The client after that bought me lunch. So I did all my work for free again and got a free tuna melt. The client after that paid me $50 an hour. So, which I still had to pay taxes out of. So it was very grueling and very humbling. It was not the, the high rise with the gigantic salary that the law schools kind of pitch to you when you're applying. It was a mountain of student debt and kuna melts. But I just kind of started talking to people and saying, look it, I'm desperate, but I'm going to be successful. Do you know anyone? And really being honest, I think, is what helped me build a client base. Because people at the end of the day want to help others. So by me saying and admitting, I have no clients, I have no clue how I'm going to pay bills, and I'm kind of getting sick of the tuna melts. They're like, oh, I have a friend of mine that wants to start a business. I'm like, great, $75 an hour, and then $100 an hour. And over time, I'd be like, no one's noticed that I've got to increase the rate here. And I seem to be getting more calls. So I'm obviously doing a good job. And yeah. that confidence kind of helped me keep going and build the law firm into what it is today. Now I've got a large portfolio of clients. They're all across Western New York. Some are publicly traded. Some are little guys. Some are just people that are cranking jam out of their mom's kitchen. And <laughs> it's a really cool experience. I love it. So that's I, you know, that's one thing I really connect is connect is the transparency of it all. Like this is who I am. This is who I'm not. And uh, love me or hate me, whatever whatever it is, this is just who I am. And this is my story. And I think that's you and I just connect so much. So let's get to some questions. I'm sure, but like, all right, that's cool. But what does this have to do with me? Hey, man, we need to hear stories. So I bet you someone that listens that's like that's really cool. Because sometimes you wonder, is this just me? Do I just have this weird story, or how do you know like whether they're in the middle of it or the beginning of it or at the end of it. Um, I think it's really cool. That's how we connect us through stories. But that being said, um, let's start from the beginning. When people form their business or they're enough where like, hey, I don't want to lose anything. I don't want people to sue me. Like, maybe I should LLC or, hey, maybe I should do a DBA. Like why should an entrepreneur form an LLC or incorporate versus a DBA? They should absolutely consider making their business legal under the eyes of New York State because it protects their personal assets from liability. So people have houses, they have cars, they have bank accounts, and if they start doing business and don't have that corporate veil that they can hide behind, the first time something goes wrong or somebody feels entitled or greedy and comes after them, it's like a house of cards and it all just falls into the same black hole of debt and obligation and duty to that person. Whereas if they form the LLC or the DBA, they've got that 
that thick wall up and makes it harder to come after their personal assets. So the assets of the business can still be liquidated if, if needed to pay for the debts or the fine or the, the fee or the trouble or what have you. But the personal assets of the owner should be insulated. It doesn't mean that they always will be. I always tell my clients, look at if you're a turd waffle to somebody, the judge is going to make you pay. So don't go out and think just because you've started an LLC, you can run around town and be a gigantic jerk off. It doesn't work that way. You still have to have some sort of decency as a human. Otherwise, the court will say, too bad that you only have $5 in your business bank account, but we're going to take your Lamborghini, for example. So always just conduct yourself with a high degree of ethics and responsibility and a good so social moral compass, and you'll be fine. Okay, that's fair enough. Sometimes my, my brain goes like, well, what is what is the fine line there, right? But I, I'm just kidding. But um, <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, uh, why should like people have an attorney review a contract or document before they sign it? So my business, I sign contracts every day, right? Mm -hmm. And I send contracts to sign and things like that. But why should people have an attorney review a contract or document before they sign it? Well, at the end of the day, if you're watching TV and you see enough lawyer shows and lawyer movies and you think you kind of know, okay, it's just a contract, like you just read this and sign this, that's cute. But attorneys go to school for this. We amount massive, massive amounts of debt for this kind of study. And we get beat to crap in law school classes. Our professors, they don't give us any wiggle room to know the law and to know how to eloquently represent our clients. So that's where we start, right? So if you send me a contract and you go, I signed this contract, I don't think it's a big deal, there's nothing bad in there. Betcha, I'll bet you $100 right now that I can find something in that contract that you're referring to that's at the top of your brain that you probably shouldn't have signed. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? Though? Like so many times, like, for example, I own a business and we sign contracts and people don't honor contracts a lot of times. We live in a weird world where, you know, like, you know, a handshake doesn't get it done, let alone a contract. Like, oh, well, if you get out of this contract, you breach this contract, you owe me this amount of money, but then they find like somehow to get out of it. They'll be like, oh, well, I don't have to do this. Or a lot of times the legal fees isn't worth the four grand somebody owes me, right? Because by the time you're done with it, and that's if you win, it can prove everything and the amount of time that you're presenting it. A lot of people just don't feel, so what are your thoughts on that? That's where my brain's going. Because I feel like, because yeah. people have no, owed me good. so much money before through a contract. And I'm just like, is this even worth the time and effort to uphold a contract that they signed? Yeah, that's good. I'm glad that you asked that because that's a common problem. And I don't do litigation, but what I've learned is business in particular is all about relationships with people. So if you have a relationship with a vendor or client that has gone south and the two of you are at a disagreement, the best thing you can do is stop and take a step back and try to be that other person for a minute and say, why are they upset with me? What did I do wrong in their eyes? Where did I miss the mark? Where did I fall short? Where did I not make good on promises? Where did I suck at customer service? Because at the end of the day, it's all about customer service on both ends. So figure out what it is that you failed them and their expectation list about, and that will make it easier for you to figure out a way to negotiate with them so that you can both come to a mutual understanding and, and some sort of consensus that isn't, all right, we're both so mad that we're thrown in the towel on this. Because every relationship can be salvaged. And if yeah. it can't, that's when you get a litigation attorney and you still figure out a way to salvage it because someone pays somebody else. So really you can do that remedying yourself if you really stop and think, what did I mess up? 
Hey guys, I just want to interrupt your podcast really quick to ask you a simple question. Do you have electronics still sitting around with valuable data still on them? Did you know that you are responsible for any breach of security on those devices and would be held liable for that breach? Allow Buffalo Computer Recycling to help you with that problem. All data containing devices recycled with them are erased at the highest standards of the data security industry. Along with securely destroying your data, Buffalo Computer Recycling will come to your place of business and remove your end-of-life electronics in an efficient and reliable manner. Typically, within 48 hours, your electronics will be completely out of your hands, not into theirs. VCR will responsibly and securely recycle your e-waste and ensure your data is safe. Help the planet. Help your business. Give Buffalo Computer Recycling a call today at 716-545-6369. Again, the number is 716-545-6369. Now, back to your podcast. And that's it, right? And you're, you, you, you and I think so much the same way. Sometimes I sit there and go like, well, let's be human about the situation here. I know it's a contract, but we're both humans. We both have lives. A lot of times we both have families, we both have businesses that we worked very hard to work hard on. Something mm-hmm. was something, ex, expectations weren't met somewhere. And that's where the anger or the disappointment comes in and wanting to break these things. But I'm just sitting here going, well, what if we both dig our heels in? What happens next? Like you're just sitting here going, well, I, we try to compromise. Sometimes two great people just don't belong together, even in business, right? So I'm sorry, I'm, I, this is so hard for you to right, no, answer this question because there, there's so many different types of contracts and reasons and whys and what's but like what do you think people should know like like you know if you get shot like stop doing that i gotta imagine people call yes. all the time like yeah go ahead Sarah. Take it away, use your attorney as your mediator that's a great starting place call your attorney and say here's the deal i've got this dude that owes me four grand i'm it's not worth trying to shake him down he thinks that i didn't do my end of the bargain i think that he sucks and he didn't do his end of the bargain what do we do and sometimes an attorney who's a neutral third party can separate the emotion from the situation and see the facts very clearly and say, okay, did you really do all this stuff that you said you were going to do? And you're like, yes, I did. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. I don't get why this person isn't paying. All right, let's figure out what their objections are. And you can go through their objections and see their say, here are the facts to dispute all those objections and support your position. Or they've kind of got a point on that one. We might have to concede there. And what is that worth monetarily or in labor or products or what, what have you. And, you know, if you really can't figure it out at that point, after another phone call with the attorney involved, then that is where you can start litigation proceedings and file a claim and try to make good if it's worth it, as you said, but even if it's not, find a way to turn it into good karma in the community. So if you have mm-hmm. someone who stiff you on a bill, don't just write it off. Figure out a way to say, if you can, to the community, like, hey, we really want to promote this business. And we did this pro bono or for free. We helped this person out or get some, some sort of publicity out of it, if you can, without making the person totally picked off. Yeah. Or you could figure out a way to... I guess if somebody gave you a bunch of goods and then wouldn't pay for them, for example, and they're crappy goods and you don't want them and they're not up to standard, you can't use them in your store, your business, donate them and then get some press out of that. Like we took this crappy product that wasn't good enough for us and did something good with it. So there's always a solution that, that brings kindness. And I'm going to sound like the Dalai Lama, but truly if you have bad blood with somebody, especially in your community, it's just, it's going to bite you. 
And I think that some people get behind these businesses and they think like, oh, I'm this big, tough company and I don't have to treat people nice anymore. And it's, it's like akin to people that are driving around in cars. They feel like they're in this armored tank. And this is like getting back to our Kennedy for Sebastian because he does a riff on this in one of his skits. But people think they're in this armored tank and they'll be mean and put each other up and they're on the horn. And then is it not the most awkward thing when you both pull it into Wegmans and you have to <laughs> get out in the parking lot and either not make eye contact or, you know, have a fight in Wegmans and you're not yeah. going to do that. So it's the same thing with business. You're going to run into each other in the same circles over and over again. So figure out a way to get through it so that you don't have to not make eye contact when you're in the same room. Mm-hmm. No, you're, you're so right. And at least apologizing for like, I think this is like, it's not a relationship advice podcast, but for me, I'm just sitting here going, how do I apologize for my 5%? Even if, well, they're 95% wrong. Yeah, but let me own my 5%. You know, and, and I think when we take the human aspect of, it, like, of owning that, going first, I think that's so huge. And you're totally right. At least I can't always, we can't always, um, how do you want to word this? We can't always be responsible for how they respond, but at least let us do our part in doing and then be like hey i'm really sorry about this part i still believe this but however i'm really sorry for this i'm really sorry for that i should have done this better could have communicated this better i could have done that better i should have from now i'm going to do this better i appreciate that um and then let them respond regardless of how they respond that that that's on them and you're right buffalo is too small of a town two degree separation everybody knows everybody and of mm-hmm. course even even your delivery i can't tell you times i i'm not you know my gosh like i think like as i'm getting older this happens more often like I, this kid used to work at this fast suit place. I used to see him all the time. And then now he runs his own landscaping company and has mm-hmm. like 15 employees. And I'm like, if I was a dick to this kid, like mm-hmm. if I was just like rude, I'm like, now this guy's like my client is a landscaper. I thought it was yeah. interesting. So like, you know, like dead trees, your house would look like crap. <laughs> your curb <laughs> exactly. would be terrible. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I would have got everything. I would have been bad. By yeah. the way, um, how can you tell if you're working with the right attorney for you and your, your business? Like, you know, how, how do you, how do people decipher that? Yeah, I think that is a great question too, because sometimes um, you just know, you know, if you've got good rapport with the person or not, but sometimes people get stuck in this mentality of like, okay, well, I have to do this and it's checking a box. So for example, your physician refers you to a podiatrist because you've got a foot problem and you go to the podiatrist and the guy's not very nice to you and he's very cold mannered and treats you just like a number on a list right or or like a just another way to feed the machine and you leave and you're probably like you know what next time my foot hurts i'm just gonna walk it off i'm not going back to that place well if you get that same feeling with an attorney that you're not getting the time and attention and care you deserve and, and above all that respect walk away. That's your money. You're paying somebody to be your business coach and confidant and your biggest supporter. And if you don't feel like your attorney is your biggest supporter in your business, you are with the wrong attorney, period. Find somebody else who doesn't just give you an email that makes you want to pull your hair out and you go, okay, it took three weeks for my attorney to send this over to me. And now I'm reading it. I'm like, I still don't know what to do. And why did I spend so much money on that? Find somebody who speaks your language so that you get it right away and you can communicate quickly. You'll get more out of your legal dollars that way and you'll get the results that make you feel good because you understand the decisions you're making. That's it, right? And my kind of attorney be like, hey, explain to me like I'm five. You know, I don't use these big <laughs> words like using Steve Carell's, you know, lingo there. Um, that, that, I think that, that's so smart. Now, 
this is what, again, my, my brain, like every time, whenever, I, don't, I don't care if I'm buying flooring or a roof or, or, or in this case, paying for an attorney. I, I always wonder, okay, what, what they're charging me or what, what they're invoicing me. Is that normal what people charge? Is that normal? Is that, is that good? Is that bad? Is that normal? So my question to you is, you know, I, you know, attorneys aren't cheap, you know, but uh, mm-hmm. at least I could, uh, you know, if you still get paid in tuna melts, that'd be great um, for, for yeah. some of us. You know, so attorneys are expensive, but what is the best way to maximize your legal dollars is what I'm basically asking. Yeah, big question. You really need to think about an attorney as if they are a restaurant. That might help. So if you go to Taco Bell, for example, and don't change to Taco Bell, but if you do and you buy a taco, you kind of know what you're going to get. And if you go to an upscale Italian restaurant where they have valet parking up front, again, different experience, right? So if you go to the attorney that provides you with the lowest cost option that you've ever seen of and you're so excited or you do like one of those DIY hybrid attorney deals on Google or or legal Zoom or now I'm giving them a free plug, but that's fine. If you do that, just know that you're kind of getting the Taco Bell legal service as opposed to like the VIP drop the car off, get treated with a cucumber water at your table level of service. So that's sort of how you differentiate between attorneys too. If you get work product back from an attorney and you go, this work product looks like fast food and they did it real quick and there's all kinds of typos and grammatical issues and I still can't make heads or tails of it, move on and maybe up your budget a little bit because you'll get more value for your dollars when you go to that next level of attorney. That doesn't mean you have to go to the biggest, most expensive law firm in the city to get adequate representation. You might want to, though, for certain matters. You might get like a horrible litigation business dispute over a contract that's multiple millions of dollars. And you're like, you know what? I need the big guns for this. Mm-hmm. So be smart about your attorney shopping. And you should always be satisfied with the product that you're getting because you'll know what you're paying for. Yeah. And again, how do you I mean, you know, we'll just Google it. Well, how do you know like who's really doing that? Do you, do you, you know, I, I, I imagine you get asked that all the time or how do people find the right lawyer? Obviously when you meet them, you can make that thing, but how do you kind of tell on the forefront before meeting them if they're, if they're good at what they do? Is there any, any uh, uh, stories there or things that they can tell? Yeah. Recommendations are a good starting point and then see how the attorney does business. If you call them up and they answer right away and they're responsive and they send you over the retainer agreement, you can sign it electronically and you're off and running and now you've got attorney client privilege and they're sending you stuff quickly there's no mistakes in it. It sounds smarter than what you would have written. Probably a good attorney. If they send you something and you're like, this looks like a template that somebody pulled off of the internet, that's probably where it came from. Yeah. And a practice attorneys, they, they have to start somewhere, right? It's like a game of telephone. Somebody came up with the law. People have refined it over time. And then the end result that gets spit out is so drastically different than the starting point. That's like a network of attorneys. So the stuff that you find on LegalZoom, some of it is like the beginning phrase that you've heard in the game of telephone. And it needs some fine tuning. It needs some practiced attorney's eyes on it to turn it into a good document that protects you. And if you go for an attorney that sends you something that's smarter than what you would have written, it's probably been touched by more than just that attorney. Right. Attorneys usually pull from other resources and colleagues and friends and just law school training to refine things. So you should be able to get that spidey sense right away when you take a first look at a document. And if you're like, this looks like garbage, then you can shop it around and say, 
look at, I'm going to call another attorney tomorrow and set up a free consult with them and send them this document. And if the attorney is like, where did you get this? Is this something that your daughter drafted up in kindergarten? Probably like, okay. I'd rather pay you to make something better. Yeah, no, that makes sense. And, and my, my closing question is, I love asking this often is, what is something you see so many times from your perspective, being in your field with other business owners, where you just want to grab the microphone and shot on top of a mountain, but you don't have a mountain, you have the podcast, and you're just like, can you guys stop doing this, or start doing this, or stop asking this, and start asking this? Something of that that kind of comes to your to your to your uh, to your head. Oh my there. god! I, the first thing that I thought of when you were asking is stop making excuses. Mm-hmm. They're just not helpful. I have across the board clients who will have an excuse during our conversations at some point. And it's like, no, if you want to focus on that as the roadblock to prevent you from making a better decision or moving to that next level of business or taking on all these employees that you want to take on, it's because you're actively choosing that that's what you're comfortable with. So just make peace with it and refine what you're doing and what's working. But don't give me a bunch of excuses for why you can't do something because everything is always solvable. The biggest obstacle is you. So I usually tell people that and they're like, oh, you know what, you're right. I don't really wanna take on all that debt. That's what, yeah. perfect, then stay where you're at and let's <laughs> make more money and talk about this in six months. <laughs> no excuses. You know, and I, one thing that really stood out to me when we first connected, like wherever it was, like a month ago or so, um, what was that you're so innovative and you're, I, you know, I'm not, not, it's hard to, how many attorneys are there in the world? A ton. So I'm not putting them all in one category, but a lot of them I noticed are very like cut and dry. This is what it is. This is what it's not. Well, it's not. But for you, I feel like you're so innovative or you're, I don't know very many attorneys that have a PR, you know, a <laughs> PR person. I don't know very many people that, that think the way you do that way. So I, I think that's really cool. So thank um, you. Yeah, I, I think it's great. So for those that really connect with you, Andrea, they love, you know, they, you know, maybe they love Sebastian Manasquela like we both do. <laughs> they just connect with you. And maybe they have a, a, a legal question. Maybe they want to form an LLC or maybe they want to make sure that whatever the case may be legal, they want to connect with you. What is uh, what is the best way for them to do that? Yeah, best way would be to send me an email or go to my law firm website. And it's such a nightmare of a last name, but I'll try to spell it out. It's Tarshis Law Firm. So Tarshis is T like Tom, A-R-S like Sam, H-U-S like Sam, Tarshis Law Firm. They can find me there on my website. And then my email is atarches at tarcheslaw.com. And by the way, we're going to put it in the, the description here. So for the bio, so you can easily just click. Don't try to write this down while driving um, or whatever you're, you're listening or watching this. So Andrea, I and appreciate then, your- You know what? That is a cool story though, real quick, because no shade to my, my uh, legacy of great grandparents, but my last name was supposedly made up. Nobody knows where I came from. There's no- history of us in Ellis Island. So I know all my relatives and we could all fit in this office. There aren't that many charges. Oh so hopefully people can find me, but I am certainly one in a million as far as attorneys go. You cannot- And, and she's an alien. We, we've discovered she's an alien. She's not from this planet. She doesn't have That's any me. genealogy, <laughs> genealogy <laughs> here. Um, yeah. So yeah, if you want to get off this planet for how things are going sometimes, she's your ticket out. So that, I'm just kidding. Um, but anyways, Andrew, thanks for your time. Um, 
And uh, I appreciate it. I know you're very busy. And uh, and this, this thanks for your time. Thank you. And that's it. If you loved listening to the Western New York Entrepreneurs Podcast and want more, subscribe to it and head on over to wnyentrepreneur.com for articles, what's coming up next, and to get involved. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.